Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. No way. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You ain't full retard, man. I'm your huckleberry. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Hit the lights. It's boner time. Napoleon's sister was a fucking freak. It says on your chart you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. What is your major malfunction, numbnuts? You have smoked yourself retarded. I like turtles. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Why are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters, Labor Day. A lot of people had the day off. I know I did. I was traveling, got back this afternoon, long weekend in Connecticut. It was nice, though. Got to see the family. I am not rejuvenated. I will need tomorrow to rejuvenate. But that's why I have these lovely people on to join me tonight. Julia, how are you, hon? I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for having me back, Matt. How's everything going on the peach? Oh, it's just fantastic. I'm preparing for Halloween already. I have like all my episodes mapped out for the whole month of October. You'd be hard-pressed to find a better Halloween spread than Cosmic Peach Podcast. Nice. <laughs> I like I, I like how you get into those themes. So most most episodes are, are usually two-parters at, at a minimum, and it, it breaks it up, and it gives it a little different feel, too, because they're not. it's not like one steady. It's like two separate episodes, but they mesh together well. Mm, so bravo. You. I love thank it. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Mikey, how are things? Doing great here. I mean, I uh, just got off a three-day, well, two days of camping out in uh, Lake Louisville up in Texas. That was a fun experience and uh, got to, you know, live on live on nature and, and just just soak in without all the, the internet and social media crap. <laughs> Did you go tech-free? Uh, well, I mean, I... All the devices were there, but I, I put it on airplane mode and tried to go as completely off grid as I could. You know, I took a bunch of photos and stuff, but nice. you know, yeah, try to keep it low key. But it's good to be back. I mean, good, good to see you guys. Yeah, especially Ryan, Matt, and Julia. I'm very aware of you guys and love listening to your shows for sure. Thank you. Welcome. And Miss Zari, this is the first time I've had the pleasure of meeting you. How are you? Absolutely. I'm good. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I'm I'm excited. Thanks for having me. 
Most certainly. Last but not least, Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? Good as always, man. Same old stuff over here. You know, just uh, freaking I, I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm like working out and I'm not drinking right now because I'm going to go hit my punching bag after this. And I just feel like shit. So we'll see how good this goes. And, uh, you know, I may be a little uh, be a little irritable right now. I'll tell you that. But so, we'll see how it goes. See, And that's the gift and the curse of it. It's like to to really dedicate to it and, you know, really push your body and 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 dedicate your diet and drink water and try and eat clean it's fucking miserable you know yeah, i got a little coconut water you can't see it there it is yeah i mean fucking... it is it's not fun like cheating is a lot of fun on you know yeah. having cheap meals and having having drinks and but at the same time the results are well worth it you oh, know, sure. and, and that's the thing when you get there and you, you know, you can finally look and, and you're like, man, I did it. That's that's worth more than a couple a couple nights. You're out. probably going to have to like detox, Ryan. Why do you say that? Because you are not used to this. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I, I've done it like on short stints before, you know, I've, I've kind of like tried to go sober, but I'm not going to cut it out altogether. Like I'll still drink um mm -hmm. I, i'd rather die than not drink ever honestly i think and like <laughs> just like how some people like they'd rather eat like shitty food you know and like they're like like the doctor tells them like you're going to die if you don't stop eating donuts or whatever their their guilty pleasure is that's that's life i mean like if you if you're like sitting there and you're eating celery sticks all day uh, just so that you can feel good or look good or whatever you're not going to be 100 percent happy i don't think like I, I think it's a big facade when people uh, I, I do agree with what you're saying, Matt, where like, you know, it's it's nice to feel good. But I mean, feeling good is I mean, you got to drink a little bit as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not I'm not living a out little completely. right. I mean, that that whole strict, strict, strict diet, 24, 7, 365. It's like, OK, I understand if that's what you need to live, but uh, I can't do it. You got to have that. a balance. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I need my you know, I, I see it as like a, a reward right that's the that's the carrot that i dangle out there for myself yeah. and I, I don't know how you all approach it but you know i, I like to i like to feel like if i accomplish something i i, I like to treat myself and that's well, that's what that is I, I do um intermittent fasting so which is basically i starve myself for a large portion of the day then i eat like a pig for the rest of it and for whatever reason that works it works too well and actually, I was talking to Zari about it because she was like, oh, you know, I've been doing whatever. And I was like, you need to get on that intermittent fasting because I dropped weight like that. And I just don't eat essentially from whenever I wake up in the morning until like 1.30 in the afternoon. And then I go eat Sonic freaking chili cheese dog, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> until I get home, I might eat something for dinner around like 6.30 and then I don't eat the rest of the day. But I'm not like foregoing all the delicious stuff to diet. It's it's weird. Like your body takes time in the morning to like digest all the crap you ate from the day before. So that time in the morning gives you time to like take several craps, drink a lot of water, and then you just drop weight. I don't know what the secret is to the intermittent fasting, but it works. Yeah, and that's it's, yeah. it's interesting because what have we been told our whole life? 
the most important meal of the day is breakfast, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Eat three and, meals yeah, a day, yes. but yeah, but if you go back and look at what breakfast really is, breakfast was kind of a mid-morning meal um, originally. It wasn't oh, a yeah. a rise and shine thing. It was like a 10, 30, 11 o'clock meal. And that was when you would break your fast from the night before. So um, yeah, it's interesting though, because our breakfast is full of sugars. It's full of heavy dairy, uh, you know, stuff. So well, this is a good time to insert a little conspiracy theory about the Kellogg guy yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, don't yeah. eat meat because it'll make you horny and don't do eat. Um, what was the cereal? He came up with like basically eat many meats, cornflakes, corn, plain like, cornflakes, yeah, yep. plain ass cornflakes. That's what you need to have. And five shits a day. And if you can't shit, you use enemas to shit. Like that was I saw there was a movie with them, like a, a hot major Hollywood movie with like uh, Matthew Broderick and tons of like high, high level actors and shit. Have you guys seen that? No. no. Yeah, it's let me see if I can find what it is here. It was pretty good. And it was very conspiratorial too. Anthony Hopkins is the Kellogg guy. Um, I'll see it right now. I'll find it. Well, and then Tony the Tiger comes in and hijacks cornflakes and just coats them in sugar and runs with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom used to buy me Rice crispy Treats cereal, which was just a big hunk of a Rice crispy Treat that had been double dipped in preservatives. <laughs> so the milk didn't make it soggy. And that's what we had. And then like my grandma would serve the regular no sugar added plain ass Rice Krispies. And then she would just dump like six spoons of sugar and cut a banana <laughs> And that shit was delicious. I could eat that all day long. But it's like you said, Matt. I mean, we should not be eating that whatsoever for breakfast. No, anything from those middle aisles on the breakfast shelves, stay away from. Because that's just toxic. Yeah. Straight ass poison for breakfast. Yep. I mean, you just look at the whole concept of cereals. I mean, the... They went from trying to be healthy and nutritious to just straight up sugar coated whatever. Mm, um, I can get down on some some raisin bran crunch though. I mm-hmm. love raisin bran crunch. <laughs> <laughs> honey, I honey O's used to get me. That was like my poison with cereal. I could sit down and eat a whole box of honey O's. Honey O's. Why do mm. I feel like that's the Aldi brand of something? There, there was probably an there was probably an offshoot of them called like O's or something like that because it was very that's all it was it was just a honey O's. O. Are you talking Cheerios? No, <laughs> these are honey O's. These are like uh, ah, they 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 looked like an O and they were coated in honey and they had little granola flakes on them. So it's like Honey Nut Cheerios, a little bit, different. yeah. But it was they were a lot thicker. Okay, maybe maybe Ryan oh, you know and I, Zari would remember this, but do you guys remember Oreos? Yes. Which was essentially just did you eat the, anybody but me? Oreos? Oreos? I think I had them once. Okay, yeah, that was. Are we just talking like the regular Nabisco ones? You said that kind of like is that like an off brand? No, it was or... a cereal, and it was like little tiny. It looked like oh. Cheerios, but they were chocolate, and they had like the icing on them, and you just yeah. Oreos. 
Okay. I mean, no, I hadn't eaten those, but I mean, Cookie Crisp was the shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and did any of you guys get fed any weird foods before school by your parents? Like what? What's your example? I don't know. Ours was like those breakfast shakes. Like if if mom, oh. you know, woke up late or whatever, she'd take this package, rip the top off, pour it into a yeah. glass of milk and stir it. And that was breakfast. I used to have that. Yeah. I don't know what they were, they were like instant shakes. And yeah. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing ever. I, I I don't think I could ever send my kid off to school on an instant shake. <laughs> my mom made the chocolate cream of wheat, but it was called something different. It was like choco meal. <laughs> something. I don't know what it was called, but it was like grain, <laughs> dry grains. And then you microwave them and like add milk and butter. And they were chocolate fl- flavored. And they had a picture of a kid eating them on the front of the box oh god <laughs> no i gotta find it <laughs> well yeah for some reason too i can't share my screen even it's not year on your end matt it's just like it's not allowing me to do it but the movie's huh. called the road to wellness about the kellogg uh dynasty and like all okay. the, the the cast is wild though you got like some some heavy hitters in there and it's just uh it's a weird weird movie lots of food like uh lots of uh kellogg's eating that's all that the whole family ate was just cornflakes they didn't eat anything else um they would do like one dude dies in the spa that kellogg had because they were sitting in like those old school tubs that were too small for you you know how your feet hang out like your knees hang out um and they're doing electroshock therapy while they're in these tubs and the dude gets electrocuted to death because it's like water and electricity so like they're doing (laughs) Wow. weird weird healing techniques like that in this kellogg spa yeah that's very yeah. healing yeah 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 kill yourself and it's cocoa weeds Ooh. oh okay. i've never heard of that cocoa weeds yeah, the kid looks know. happy yeah the creamy hot cereal with the cocoa treat oh only God. 700 calories and 49 700? grams of sugar <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of calories yeah it's only like three scoops of sugar that's all <laughs> But it's a good source of calcium and iron plus five vitamins and diabetes. So- <laughs> Great. You'll Sorry, were you, did, did you get served diabetes. anything weird? Did I what? Ha- have anything weird for breakfast as a kid? Honestly, my dad, we were we were really big into the what were the flakes with the tiger? Um, frosted flakes frosted flakes flakes. and then with the frosted flakes or cheerios we would cut up peaches and throw them in there or bananas or something of the sort and that that was my breakfast if it were cereal that was my breakfast see that's not bad that's actually getting the real fruit in there yeah we every now and then cheerios with like a whole uh mom would chop up a whole banana and throw it in there but yeah other than that, the, the, I feel like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s breakfasts were just straight sugar, sugar. on the go. Yeah. Absolutely. And you I look tried at a to picture of a banana. Ryan to do that, and he was like, I hate bananas. Bananas. Yeah, I'm not, I don't fuck with bananas. They look too much like any of these phallic foods. I'm not a big fan of cucumbers. I'm not a big fan of like, I like zucchini. Yeah, but you're um, not one-throating them, dude. You, you, you <laughs> eat them gradually. I thought you're supposed to eat the whole thing in one bite. <laughs> yeah, you don't even peel it. 
With no hands. <laughs> Put your hands behind your back and you just Look, eat Ma. it. Look, <laughs> No, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm just, I'm not into them, dude. It's honestly mostly bananas, though, because the, the texture, they expire within like a day after you buy the damn things. I don't but like bananas so. either. I'm with you. There you go. See, my son's on the opposite end. Like, I like them, like, just after they turn yellow. He wants them to be, like, have brown speckles. And they have to have a certain amount of brown speckles on there. And if there's not enough, he won't eat it. If there's too many, it's gone. He won't eat it. So, like you're saying, there's there's that window, that short window to get a banana that people like. Yeah, dude. Isn't that how you make the banana bread, too? Banana bread, you can use them at any time. You can use them when they're basically shit brown and make banana bread. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Do you ever notice, though, that banana flavoring is doesn't taste like banana for the most part? Yeah, it tastes like perfume or like the like you said, uh, uh, what is it? Laffy Taffy? Yeah. Yeah. Banana Laffy Taffy. Get out of here with that shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. I could eat like 27 of them in a row. Jeez. That is nerds say, on a rope. I love nerds you're on the a rope. Only person that likes the banana flavored Laffy Taffies. <laughs> Those yeah, runs were nursing cool. home patients really dig it. Hmm. And circus peanuts. I'll fuck with circus the banana cream pie. Good. I like the colored circus peanuts. Oh, I do love a banana cream pie. That's my only exception. Ooh. That's okay. What I, that's what I'm saying, dude. I feel like you and I get along on food. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and if you connect with Ryan on food, that's the way to his heart right there. That's a three-hour episode on my <laughs> show. Oh, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man, no, I, uh, with the, so that we don't go down this food rabbit hole. Did, did, uh, did you hear me bitching about that review that I got? Uh, where Because someone thought that my show went from like being a conspiracy theory show to all about fast food and yes. like, fucking you know, junk food and like trashy habits and stuff. And it's like it's a it's a one thing a week out of like four shows usually. So yeah, yeah, and it has a totally different name in the t- you know like title. Like I don't yeah. know. Was it an awfully long review, or were they pretty much just like fuck this shit and all this fast food talk? No, it was it was funny because like the it, it it's it reminded me of like uh, you know when people started taking Yelp reviews really serious, like when people thought that like they could get like legitimate jobs because of the skilled yelp reviews that they would leave so like there was some thought that went into it and uh it was just like he was like instead of talking about cool topics he's just going on and on for hours about what his favorite fast food establishment is and it's like that's like not even the main part of the show of that sideshow so it's just kind of stupid but what's this oh yeah I found this the other day. Okay, so what it is it's the mythical beasts by areas oh so like I figure, okay, we'll zoom in a little bit because some of these are actually I can't zoom in. Why not? The Wendigo. Yeah, I've never heard of a lot of them. You know, like it, interesting in like California, they have the Dark Watchers. Wow. That is some creepy shit right there. Ooh. But yeah, down by you, Ryan, the Wind Tosser. That sounds like a like a Dirty Sanchez. You know, it sounds like a Dirty sex Sanchez. Move. Yeah, does it sound like a sex <laughs> move? The Wind Tosser. <laughs> Mikey, you got El Muerto, which is obviously the death, but or the darkness, whatever, however you want to take Very it. Very interesting that Bigfoot is up in California area when there's so many sightings here in Texas and Oklahoma. 
Oh my God, Zari, we have the skin hole, Sam. <laughs> what the hell? Is- oh, geez. It's like yeah, a big look at that. Oh, sinkhole Sam. Sinkhole Sam. He's like a retarded. Uh, <laughs> I can barely it. read it. I'm sorry. Banshee of the Badlands. Down That's here cool. in was- Alabama, it's weird. I've never heard of a Huggin' Holly. Huggin' Molly. Huggin' Molly. Molly. Yeah, Huggin' Molly. Supposedly that one's pretty nasty too, though. I'll tell you right now, when it comes to like the coolest name, and we should all cast our vote, I'm going with Banshee of the Badlands. That's a dope name. That I'm is going a cool name. With, I'm going with the Boo Hag. The Boo Hag? Oh, over there in Kentucky or whatever? Mm-hmm. South Carolina, somewhere in there. How about Maine? Well, I'm alone. <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. creepy up there. I got to move. Well, I'm alone. What is it? Like a big squirrel? I, yeah, I don't even know what that is. Dude, what's that one that's right above the Jersey Devil? It's the Canon Tists on Tees. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's in Ron, Ron from New England's neck of the woods up there. That's a New Hampshire thing, it looks like. In, or, you know, New York. Yeah, right around uh nico yeah what's your guys's favorite names out of these i'm sticking with bunch of the badlands that, that goes hard i mean if i i have a soft spot for mothman just because the story is so cool but i think this boo hag with the person's skin hanging over it's oh, sure. It's 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 given me some really creepy vibes. The the There's Dark the Watchers give me creepy vibes for sure. Which yeah, one? The Dark Watchers is reaching out to me as the creepiest of them all. Okay. But now, I like that the... name, the Mini Washatu, right above your Banshee of the Badlands. That's an interesting little creature right there. And are we even looking at Hawaii and uh, Alaska down there? Those are some interesting ones. It's like a little tiger. I was, lady. but I can't pronounce any of them except for the green lady. Moo. Well, the Kushkata, uh, the Kushkata is, uh, is a famous one. They've done a lot of like ancient aliens and stuff on that one. Interesting. I was going to ask, what's up with uh, Florida? They have the skunk ape and the, the stickini. That's yeah, like nice. a, it sounds kind of like another smelly. Because the skunk ape is like a smaller version of, uh, of Bigfoot, right? And like a more shaggy version. Yes, it yeah, it's, yeah, it smells horrible, right? That's well, hence the name. You see okay, mm. dude, Matt. I have to say, you come up with like you find the, the craziest maps I've never seen, so this is <laughs> very entertaining. This is a fun one, <laughs> yeah. This one, this one was just when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is interesting because I've never heard of half of these, and I was hoping there'd be a cool one up by us. and the Jersey Devil, I've heard about that for ages, but Mothman, that's in like uh ghost neck of the woods in like the Pennsylvania, West Virginia area. Yeah, Point that, Pleasant, that, West Virginia. That's a creepy one. There's Mothman. also an iteration out of Chicago. The Chicago Mothman. Yep. Mm. And then that- they claim to have seen Mothman flying near the the twin towers before the uh really yes there's photos and like if you take into comparison how big the flying object flying creature was next to what it was flying by then it would have been huge because some people say it was a bird but it was the shadow was way too big to be a bird 
so people claim that mothman is like the harbinger of death and it will always be seen right before a massive tragedy so i have looked into mothman just because i feel like mothman is interdimensional and i think it's real but some of these other ones of course they sound silly or you know but people really have seen bigfoot as well and dogman and they've also said that they could be interdimensional so they're just popping in and out of our reality yeah doesn't it seem like these things are more energetic than actual physical beings in this realm it seems like they're able to come in and go and present themselves and hide themselves whenever they want. I mean, the fact that we haven't really gotten good Bigfoot footage in 2022, they have to have some sensory, you know, uh, equipped to them that they're able to sense this stuff and avoid it. You know, there's some energetic field that they can detect and just avoid it in, in total. Well, you know how animals they they can detect when you you turn on your camera on your phone and mm-hmm. they like scurry or look away when you're you want them to look at you when you're trying to take a picture. It's oh, like they true. sense that it's coming that it's on. And even though there's no light indicator or anything that there's a camera turned on, but they know it's on. It's it's weird. There's that that you know how like we always say that there's predictive programming in uh, you know, cartoons and TV shows and things. There's uh, that idea from, and this isn't the first show that's done it, but that goofy show Aqua Teen Hunger Force with the meatball and the French fries and the and the shake. Um, there's an episode of that where there's a ghost trying to come in from it's somewhere in Nevada, I think, or Hawaii maybe, and uh, they have like this walled-in city where they were testing nukes, and uh, you know this this ghost escapes from because like everyone died in this city. So everyone's all ghosts in the city now. This ghost escapes. And anytime the characters turn their phones on and, t- and push a button, the ghost dies. So that's kind of I thought that was kind of weird. So mm-hmm. like, what if like more technology is actually making it so that these interdimensional things can't really, you know, come through or or engage with us? That's why we haven't seen it clearly. And no one's able to take a picture because it just won't work. Well, if you want to get really conspiratorial, what if all of the technology we have is from them? And so they know all about it. They know how to use it better than we do. They're way more advanced than we are. We're using the equivalent of like a flip phone compared to them. So like if we have our iPhone and we turn on the camera or something, they they can sense it. Because technically, a lot of the things like Velcro, they they got from like the Roswell crash, supposedly. So a lot of our technology that we just use on a daily basis is like ripped off or like back engineered or something like that. So hmm. it doesn't even belong to us. So we barely know how to use it. I heard Velcro was actually from a, it was a cowboy that the his horse was walking through like the, have you guys seen those little balls? The birds. What are they burrs? They have Burr. like spikes on them. Yeah, they're the little balls that look like the coronavirus almost. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, so the, these burrs were sticking to his horse, and they were hard for him to pick off. And he was like, "Well, shit, that's a great idea, you know, to make some kind of soft thing that sticks to a more wiry thing." But I, I think like know. all these things are government hoaxes. I think Bigfoot's a government hoax. I think like aliens. I think all this stuff is just government. Like you know. Not not to say that they go out and dress up in a Bigfoot costume and run around in the woods, but like they 
you know, potentially put this stuff out there. And these people are either paid actors or they, I mean, cause it's always the craziest people that say that they've seen Bigfoot, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe they're kind of tapping into something that that's kind of naturally there in these people. I don't know. It's weird. I don't, I don't believe in any of that cryptid shit though. Personally. Ghosts included. Ghosts are interesting. Cause I do believe that there's some sort of afterlife. And maybe people or, you know, entities can get caught between realms or whatever. But uh, I just watched Beetlejuice the other day and there's that room in the original Beetlejuice of like the lost souls, right? Like the ones that that it's basically a purgatory room. I think that's possible, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. As far I mean, go uh, I, Chaz, that Chaz of the dead guy. He's a really great paranormal researcher. And he, it doesn't even seem like he really fully believes in them. He's trying to find them constantly. But like I asked him on an episode so i'm not like you know exposing him or anything he was like yeah dude i don't really know i don't know what these things are i don't know if there's ghosts or anything like that and he should be joining us in two weeks is he gonna come on cool yes sir we got him lined up for two weeks from now so yeah i definitely want to talk close with him because it's interesting i get i get that mixed vibe too i don't know what to believe like i've seen now now here's the thing though i've seen a ghost like oh well i've seen two ghosts and I, I saw it with my ex-wife in my old condo on two separate occasions. One was a man and one was a woman. And, you know, we mm-hmm. both saw it. We saw the same thing. The story is the same all, after all these years. And, uh, you know, I'll go to my grave saying that it, it was not human what we saw. It was definitely a spirit of some sort because you could see right through it. But at the same time, it was there. It was a presence in the room. So you want to break the story down? I don't know if I've heard it. Oh, well, yeah, no, I, I've done, I've, I think I've told it before on, on Nico's show, but basically we, we were sleeping and um, we woke up and I said to her, I'm like, who is that person in our closet? Because just on the other side of the bed was a walk-in closet and there was a figure standing in the corner of the closet. And Ooh. I'm like, who is that? And she's like, I don't know who that is. Um, she's like, they'll go away or whatever. And then next thing I know, it just took a step forward and stood there. And it was a old school guy, you know, like 1800s guy in a suit with like a bolt, uh, you know, a, a Stetson type hat. Um, Holy shit. And he nope. just uh, yeah, stood I'm there. We, yeah, that we is... looked at each other and we're like, what's going on here? And next thing we know, he just vanished. It was gone. And then uh, and the same sort of thing happened. Uh, probably a year or so later with a woman that was at the foot of our bed in like an 1800 style, one of those really puffy dresses. And she had a big hat on that tied under her chin. And, you know, what's crazy about it is the area that our condo was in wasn't in the old Hatter district of the town. Like the high school was named the Hatters and, and it was known for making hats back in the 1800s, early 1900s. And, uh, Mm now all the land is like contaminated from all the chemicals they used so why not build housing on top of it <laughs> i do remember you mentioned that that was in the dream episode that you guys did right yes yeah okay i remember that yeah, yeah. that's wild dude yeah so i don't know i mean i i believe in them because i've seen it but i don't know what to think to make of it i i really feel like it's a it's an energetic thing it's something that's not physical it's not tangible but it it it's like a almost like a radio signal. It's there and it's out there, but you can't touch it or anything. Like a parallel dimension, parallel universe. 
Yeah, and it can travel within, like like Julia was saying. They're they're interdimensional for sure. Some of them are intelligent, and some of them are residual. Like, oh, a 18th century person obviously would be like residual because they don't know they're dead, or they're not aware that they're even a ghost scaring you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get a more intelligent type of haunting where it's like they're interacting with you. And I think if anyone has listened to my podcast, they would know, like I've encountered the intelligent type and it's not something you forget. And it's definitely not something you could explain to someone who is like a non-believer because it's literally one of those come to Jesus moments where you would just have had to be there. And until somebody experiences something like that for themselves, it's always going to be like, oh, I don't know, you know, but if you saw it, you'd never forget it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's almost like a PTSD thing for me, but I, at the same time, have a sick sense of humor and I just love scary movies and (laughs) I love all of that stuff. You're muted. Sorry, I'm muted. Yeah, um, I've seen some weird things before, you know, I, I just don't know if it was just kind of my mind messing with me or what, you know, I don't know. Zari, you haven't been too talkative these last couple minutes. Have you seen a ghost or what? Sister? Oh, my gosh. I have had so many, so many experiences with, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, ghost, the other side, another realm so many experiences and like you said there it's one of those had to be there moments like you can't explain it to somebody who doesn't believe you just have to be there and you can try your best to explain it but even if even if someone who didn't believe was so interested in what you were saying and the story that you had to tell it still doesn't do the situation justice whatsoever it's definitely almost a PTSD moment but, now, um, what kind of feeling did you have during these encounters? Was it a peaceful? Was it uh, frightened? You know, was like the the hair on your arms or neck standing up? I mean, I, I remember when we, we... Out of 10... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nine times out of 10, it was a hair standing up on my neck kind of moment. Like a don't ever want to be in this situation again kind of moment. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think maybe, I think maybe one time, maybe one time I've had a little bit of a peaceful moment. Um, but all the rest, terrified. Mm. For sure. You saw a shadow person, didn't you? More like, so I, I don't know if I'd say like, shadow person but um I've definitely like had situations where um somebody close to me like there was a tragic situation where they passed and um in the near future I was experiencing things that um that seemed unreal in, in that moment in time and it just got very very dark and I don't know. Definitely. I feel like it's going to be, it would be a long, long story for me to go on right now about it. But um, 
a little too realistic, I should say. I think that, like you said, you have the really intelligent ones that know what they're doing and they know how to like tap into that with you. And I think that's exactly what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're seeing when you, when you get those like, uh, you know, hair standing up on your arm kind of feelings, if those are bad entities, like more demonic, maybe if these things are real, right. Or if it's just your perception of what it is like you know how some people just walk around on the street and they're afraid of dogs like you can bring up a a big dog to a one person and they're going to get afraid of it right almost illogically and then like someone like me i'm gonna like get down on my knees and pet a big dog like that because i love dogs so i wonder if someone that's more open to seeing these things and engaging with them if they're not going to get the same feeling that maybe you did where you were maybe caught off guard or something, I don't know anything about you, but you know, just the idea of like, you know, maybe like the way that you would view these things versus someone that, like I said, is more open to it. Yeah. I mean, the only thing about that is like when I was seeing like my cousin walking around the house, I didn't get that hair standing up on my arm until I saw her walk out of one room and come in from the other direction. And then I realized it wasn't her that I was looking at. Then I got like the hair stand up on my arms because that's some shit you cannot explain. Like how can someone who is not dead be up and wandering around your house and you call to them and it looks like them, but it's not them. That's crazy. That's why I always say, when, you, when you're dealing with like, and I hate to be like, it's everything's demonic, but they do take the shape of familiar things. So you're not scared. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the hair standing up on your arms, they actually trick you into feeling comfortable with them a lot of the time. So you're not scared initially until you so interact out later. And this is, this is crazy because Nico, um, and on his podcast just did an episode about like fairies and gnomes and all the different types of that. And and the similarities between the descriptions is eerie because they have the same characteristics. It's just, we're talking two different ends of the spectrums or two different entities, so to speak. Um, but it all ends up in the same thing. You have the, the different ones, right? You have the dark entity. You have the prankster or the jokester. You have the, you know, uh, guiding entity or, you know, some pit may say the savior. You know, they're the guardian angel that comes and, and, and gives you the advice or, or holds your hand when you need it. Um, and but the, it's interesting because I mean, we're talking ghosts here, but that same thing applies to them as well. And it's almost like these different items that have been set up in this realm, these different stories or, or folk tales all eventually get back to the same thing. Good what does evil, he right? think fairies are? What's that? What does he think fairies are? Ah. Uh... Well, we're going to have him and his wife on to talk about that, too, because I want to I want to hear their explanation. But because um, she claims to be of the Fae. So um, they're entities, you know, and, and they're different entities because they're like he said, there's some that are the jokesters, the pranksters or some that are just flat out mean. 
there's you know but overall they said one of the things is if you're going to entertain a fairy right you're going to leave them a treat you better be ready to leave them a treat over and over and over again because once you stop they can get angry and they can turn on you and and they can like feral cats yeah so it's a very interesting concept i haven't looked into them enough but I've had, and after listening to them, I remember as as a child, my grandfather had gnomes all over his yard. (laughs) And I was like, why do you have these gnomes all over your yard? And he's like, to keep the trolls out. And I was like, that's, you know, even as a kid, I'm like, there's no such thing as trolls. What is he talking about? But it was more of a spirit thing. It was to keep the evil trolls out so that the plants would grow, that no one, the animals wouldn't come and eat his flowers. And it was to keep the evil spirit, you know, and and to keep the sanctity of his little garden areas. And I always found it fascinating because until now, I never really put two and two together that it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just this little ceramic statue out there to him. It was the protector. It was doing a job out there for him. And I always saw him just as stupid little yard gnomes. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a scarecrow or anything else like that, they serve a practical purpose, but it's funny that we're talking about all of this because I have an episode coming up soon. And I basically, I'm, I'm trying to explain how things that have become unrealistic in movies could have found their you know beginnings in truth so a lot of the things that like these elite people get up to with like all the vampirism if you would call it that you know drinking blood and sacrifice and all this and they've made it goofy so you mm-hmm. never believe that vampires are real or you never believe that demons are real or anything that is funny in a movie like Tinkerbell. But are there fairies? Like anything in a movie like Men in Black, you go back and watch that. You're like, Jesus, like they were filling this thing up with all kind of stuff that's real. Well, and it's interesting, too, because they they take these what we call tales, right? Whether they're myths or stories of old. And then they throw fairy tale on it to make it seem like it's so unreal. It's so unreasonable. Now, if it was just a tale, it's something you may or may not believe. As soon as they throw the fairy on there, and I was thinking about that, you know, again, with the little bit of word magic they do. Now, all of a sudden, it's something that, oh, you know, this is definitely just straight imagination. There's no way this could be real. And we know you know, as well as anyone that going through the stuff we've gone through that everything's inverted. So Mm -hmm. what's to say that these fairy tales aren't just stories of old, they're creatures of old that aren't around anymore, or, you know, aren't around currently, but could come back at any time, or we're just creatures of old. I, I really think you're right, Julie, I think you're onto something that there's more to these tales that uh, you know, more truth and more reality in them than there is just straight fantasy. Well, in something that's kind of close to your wheelhouse would be how they fantasized Atlantis and they've fantasized like all of the old world stuff. And um, there's even a cartoon called Atlantis. I think it's Disney. And it's like hollow earth and inside of earth is Atlantis and you can, you can find it. It's still there. And 
I, I'm not saying I haven't done enough research myself to just tell you Atlantis is a place in hollow earth or that there even is a hollow earth, but I do find a lot of these cartoons and a lot of these things that are make-believe are based in some type of truth, just like Pinocchio, that movie's coming out soon starring Tom Hanks. And it's like, what (laughs) is this movie about? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's definitely suggestive at best is what I'll say. And and Mikey, we've talked about this before, right? About the programming, Mm -hmm. right? And they don't miss an opportunity to, to use a good thing to program you, whether it's to make you believe or disbelieve something. It's into every, every bit of entertainment that's out there. I mean, if it gets on the air on some network television, or if it's a major production, there there is programming in it. Otherwise it wouldn't, there would be no money behind it. If it was just truth and it revealing, I mean, kind of like what we do on our shows. I mean, if, if the shows were, were like that, it would, it would never get funded in, in the mainstream platforms because they have to twist and confuse people. It's all about confusion, really. I mean, they have to reveal the reality, but then mix it up with this like tale, you know. That way, you're in constant disbelief, and you don't you don't believe what you're seeing, even though you're thinking behind in, in the back of your mind, like, oh man, this is possible. But then you're like conflicting, like, oh, this this can't really happen, you know. Well, yeah, and that's why they use like animals right they give they give them the human characteristics and things like that so they can kill the animals now they wouldn't kill another little child right there in front of you but you know a baby cub or a baby deer yeah it can get shot that's okay um and it's interesting how they do it and i feel like a lot of it is psychological and a lot of it is to to get you confused to not know what is real and unreal what is fantasy what is truth and what is possible even Pinocchio is super dark, especially when you (laughs) see it from a different perspective and you're like, Holy shit. Well, when they talk about the island at all, pleasure Island. Yeah. We played the clip here on how the boys never come back the same and and stuff. I mean, it's just, that was was creepy. (laughs) And I, and you know what, to be honest, until a couple years ago, I never noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't watch it with that, with that magnifying glass to it normally. And that's yep. what they count on, kind of. They being the people that produce these, right? I mean, there that uh, what you said a while ago, Julia, was really interesting, like the programming and things like that. I think it was you that brought that up. But the uh, one thing that I'm real interested in, and I always have been, is the clown idea. Like, you know, it, it was it, originally what it was. They were people living in the mountains, and they would live in caves. Usually, the the story goes. Supposedly, I think it's a cloin is what the original pronunciation of it was. And it was in like the Alps and they'd have the red nose because it was so cold, right? Your nose gets red in the cold. Your skin's white because you're in a cave constantly. And uh, a couple times a year, they would have to eat kids in order to like sustain their themselves, right? This is why like they had red lips from the blood. It wasn't makeup or any of that stuff. And I forget what the story is of their feet. I think it was walking up the mountains and stuff like over oh, generations. Like snowshoe type thing. Yeah. They... Sure. That's a good one. Yeah. And, but like, so, so you have this terrifying origin story and then they're meant to be kid friendly. But then, you know, as a lot of these kids grow up and start realizing like maybe subconsciously how creepy these clowns are. Now there's all kinds of horror movies about clowns. 
So it's just kind of an interesting thing where you have like the positive and the negative, the kitty idea, and then also the horror aspect of it. It's just kind of like a weird, you know. Well, just just to play off what you're saying, Ryan, you have the real life killer clown, John Wayne Gacy, yeah. who you know did what he did to all those little boys and then you get the john wayne gacy's basement situation going on with like hundreds of little bodies down there but they've twisted the clown thing well it started out as dark and they've they've constantly just kept that stream of darkness going john wayne gacy and then you have it the clown well then ronald mcdonald too which was a real positive thing right Uh, in, in the eyes of of the public so yeah i mean you just have and then like kids used to actually like clowns like they used to not be that scary when i was a kid yeah, they be used like to the... be at your birthday party i mean that was the thing is have a clown yeah. making yeah. balloon animals like in uh wedding crashers and now it's like almost cool to say that you've always been afraid of clowns you know it's like how many of you guys are actually afraid of clowns out i mean i get it but it's like a popular thing to be afraid of now it's weird it's very strange and now they are getting more creepy because everyone's saying that they're creepy dude come on in reality, real life clowns are creepy fucking people. I'm not gonna. I'm oh not gonna, sure, yeah. I'm the not people. gonna lie, dude. Anybody that's gonna dress up like that and do that shit, they're they're a little off. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're maybe. Well, yeah, they're probably a lot of them are like uh, ex convicts and stuff, you know, and they're <laughs> just trying to get work. Just getting off, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if, I wouldn't take it that far. Hopefully not, but I'm sure you're not wrong. Oh, not in that sense, and that too. Oh, just getting <laughs> getting off the uh getting out of work. Okay, I guess yeah, I meant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it's it's freaky, man. It's oh, and then uh so yeah. speaking of getting off, I get I gotta share this because this is uh this is uh not him. <laughs> See, I, I watched that today. Well, yeah, we can play Joe real quick, but I wanted to let me see if I could find the other one real fast. Oh shit! Escape. Was that him when he's going? No, 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 no. Did you hear that when he's like repeating? He he says no literally thirty times, maybe like just like repeating it. It sounded like he like shorted out. Oh, dude, he's a mess. All right. All right. So now let's do it. Let's share this. Yeah, he actually got me to stop paying attention to politics. Joe Biden did. So that was successful on their part. Good for him. Thanks, Joe. All right, let me just share the sound here, and here we go. Now, this is this was an actual commercial in in the uh, I think it was in the nineties. Finger blasters, finger blasters. All right, filled with honey, tangy barbecue, or salt and vinegar. Finger blasting is the best. Try one finger yeah. at a time. Yum. Two fingers. Mm, okay. And then, if everybody's cool with it, work up to three. No, two's good for now. I'll take what I can get. Finger blasting is fun. Dude, with that's friends. not real. But if my friends aren't around, I'll just finger blast myself. <laughs> oh my god, that's this not is real. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> shit. No, oh what it is, is it was a uh, it was a skit from Comedy Central back oh. in the day. But they okay. they played it off as a real ad, and oh my god, it is uh, three. No, <laughs> two is good for now. I'll just finger blast myself. I'll take what I can get. Yeah, dude. No, that's that's ridiculous. The AIDS commercial was real though from the eighties. Which one? 
uh, me and Ron did a full episode on like all the different commercials of the 80s. Go, uh, Matt, since I can't share my screen, this is a, this is a doozy. It, type in A-Y-D-S diet pills. And um, yeah, it's just oh, a yeah. great. Oh, yeah. I listened to that last week. How about the whole uh, <laughs> 1980s, like this is your brain on drugs campaign? Sure. That was aggressive. Well, dude, there's a 1984 Apple commercial that's wild. There's some really, really good ads from the old days, and and they're funny. We were going through kind of looking for, like, the hidden message ones. There was a lot of misogynistic ones that are actually really funny if you can, like, have a sense of humor about it. It was, like, you know, really, really kind of derogatory stuff, but, like, just looking at it today and seeing how disgusting it is. Oh, yeah, okay, this might be it. This is the anti-appetite suppressing candy. Yeah. Oh, no. What's wrong? Have I gained that much weight? My diet's not working. Use a diet aid. Diet pills? Not pills. The AIDS diet plan with candy cubes. <laughs> Both diet pills and AIDS cubes help curb hunger, but AIDS cubes do more. They help satisfy wow. your need to taste, chew, and enjoy. Gotta get a shot of this. You're eating less. Thanks to the AIDS plan. <laughs> AIDS cubes do more than pills. They help satisfy your need to taste, chew, and enjoy while they curb hunger. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the same one that I saw, but it's it's the idea. There was one where it's like, why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? It's just funny, dude. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous. The commercial's 90 pounds. Wow, you're eating so much less, Karen. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, that one right there, the fourth one. There you go. This guy. Yes, dude. Oh man, he's not gonna. Oh, here we go. It's from 1984 too. I was overweight and looked terrible, but AIDS helped me lose 46 pounds. <laughs> the AIDS diet plan helped me lose 28 pounds. Look at that AIDS muffin top. your appetite. So you <laughs> lose weight. Yet AIDS lets you taste, chew, and enjoy. And the appetite suppressant in AIDS is not a stimulant. AIDS helped me to lose 18 pounds, and it doesn't contain anything to make me nervous. Question, why take diet pills when you can enjoy AIDS? AIDS <laughs> lose weight without making you jittery. That's tough. Yeah, man, it's just funny. And then the Winston Flintstones commercials, great. I don't know if you've seen that one. That was such a classic. It was one that me and Ron both found separately. I think you should. Do, I think that's a series right there because you can go into different genres. There's so many good cartoons from back in the day. Like there's so many cringeworthy ones. There's so many just flat out funny ones. Uh, ones that did not age well. Yeah. Well, like yeah. They, that you know the freaking uh, the Flintstones was sponsored by Winston. Like the show yeah. itself was sponsored by Winston cigarettes. Oh, wow. So well, it was part of Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I'm not sure. What's Hanna Barbera? That's the cartoon company. Like oh, Johnny okay. Bravo and yep. all of those were. Okay. Yeah, it's just bad. But yeah, the tons of just like horrible. Yeah, we did like three. Me and Ron did like almost three hours just talking about commercials and playing them and, you know, old ads and stuff like that. It's just it's crazy. It's just how a different selfish question, Ryan. What was like your favorite show as a kid? Oh, as a kid, like depending on what era, uh, my all time favorite cartoons, Courage, the Cowardly Dog, though. Love Courage. Fuck. Yeah. It's a great show. Zari, where are you at? What's your favorite childhood show? Courage, the Cowardly Dog. Hands down. I was just about to say the same thing. It's a great show. I also loved um, Scooby-Doo. Loved it. 
Oh, yeah, dogs Scooby. were the shit. Mikey. Oh, I was a big Scooby Doo and Tom and Jerry fan. Tom and Jerry's dope. Yeah. Maddie, where are you at? I would have been G.I. Joe all day. G.I. Joe, okay. Yeah. If I had to go like Looney Tunes, though, I'm yeah, I'm I'm in that Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Roadrunner, just the old school Looney Tunes. Yeah, the- I liked Kim Possible. I don't know if anybody oh, knows God. what that is. <laughs> That redhead spy chick? I thought I was Kim Possible. Oh, yeah. Well, shit. I mean, it was kind of cool. That whole, uh, that was Nickelodeon, right? Disney. Yeah. Oh, was it Disney? I saw it on yes. Nickelodeon. Disney. Oh. It came on right after That's So Raven. Oh, God. What a horrible show that was, too. <laughs> I love That's So Raven. Now, think about the, like, the gimmicks, <laughs> right? And the, the little, musical tunes they use to hook you in and things oh, yeah. that you'll remember today like the little you know the different commercial sayings and things oh, like I that i have every theme song memorized to this day yeah or all it takes is just to hear a, a little bit of that jingle and it just sets it off in your head and you go on a rampage yep i know that feeling mm-hmm. well it old- starts as kids sorry go ahead ryan Oh, no, I was just going to say the old 80s sitcoms had like really great jingle, like the live action in front of a live studio audience. Those had some really good jingles to them. Fuck, everybody knows the Golden Girls jingle. Golden Girls. <laughs> right. And the, yes. uh, uh, what's that show with the butler? It was Mr. clearly Belvedere. a pedophile. Yeah, Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, that one. Uh, there's a ton. Dude. Different and strokes. Different Prince. strokes. Yeah, that was 90s, right? Yeah, that's a good one, oh, too, okay. though. But know. yeah, I mean, st- well, still, you know, it's the same idea. All those live action things, they had to get you in from the beginning. Well, that's dead now, you know, and that's the crazy thing, how that that sitcom family night of TV doesn't exist anymore. It's all game shows and yeah. it has to be action now because it's almost like people can't sit down together and enjoy a like a family show. Because they yeah, don't want there, that. There's no must see TV on Thursday anymore. You know, everybody used to just, you know, everybody couldn't wait for Friday to talk about what the, the shows on Thursday. You know, like Seinfeld and and The Office and whatever. I mean, the, kids now still watch The Office. It's funny. I'll, I'll catch them watching their phone and they'll they'll have The Office. I'm <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> it's so old now. Well, that's oh. the most popular show across the world. The office is still like in every country, Afghanistan. I mean, you name a country that that show is the most popular in it. It's weird. Yeah. My nine year old niece is uh, a huge Friends fan. And that was done, you know, that was done well before she was born. But it was on Netflix and she got into it and she's watched every episode probably like three or four times now. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's it's funny. And and like you guys were saying, The Office, like there's so many kids when I was coaching teenagers even three, four years ago that were into The Office. And I'm like, wow, that's a weird thing. That's and hilarious. It's just, I, was, I was watching it today. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just what they put out there, right? I mean, I, I feel like that's what they dangle out there and, and it'll catch or no. And then they'll dangle something else out there and either it sticks or no. And, and it's just that constant feed. There's nothing no consistency like i mean remember when we had to wait a week for shows now if you have if they don't give you you know the whole season at once you're like what the fuck man i want i 
don't want to wait 10 weeks and watch 10 yeah, shows. Yeah, but they're, they're getting smart about that, though, Matt, because used to, on Netflix, they would just drop the whole show, all the episodes. You could sit there, binge watch the whole damn thing. Now, like with Bridgerton, I was getting pissed the fuck off because I'd have to wait all the way till Thursday to get my okay. Bridgerton fix. And it it's like a luxury. You can just go binge watch a show now. But I think Netflix is kind of bringing back in a weird way that old like patience is a virtue kind of thing and like get you excited to watch the new episode they drop on Thursday. And so essentially like me and the girls I work with outside of my conspiracy life would be like, don't you dare watch ahead on the show. Wait for me. I'm on episode two, you know, wait for me to catch up. And then we'd get to the point where we were at the same point and we'd have to like wait for the next Friday or Thursday, whenever they put the new episode out to watch it. But in a way, we don't have it on TV, but we are still doing that with like all of our streaming platforms, Amazon, Netflix. I mean, they're, um, you know, releasing them once a week now, whereas they used to just put the whole show every season that was available on there. Like American Horror Story, you could watch all the seasons, all the episodes, and now it's like you have to basically continue to watch it once a week which by the way have you noticed how many netflix originals they've put out a bazillion netflix originals and they're mm-hmm. all dark sandman has anybody looked into this anybody mm-hmm. sandman Dude. watch it <laughs> holy fuck balls they mention alistair crowley episode one of the mm-hmm. sandman and it is full I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely look into it. Just like Archive 81. Ryan, I'm still waiting for you, buddy. I know. I need to get into I, I, You know me, though. Like, I can't freaking sit down and watch it. The only thing that I get and sit in front of is UFC. And I wanted to mention something about their marketing when you were done talking about yeah, the shows, ahead. Julia. Well, no, just when you're done talking about your shows, because I think it's a good point. The idea of keeping people waiting for a week is genius marketing but for some reason like i'm curious as to why they're not doing that you're saying that they are doing that more now they are doing it now yes i've noticed it yeah they've gone back to it yeah is it because they've kind of like overstepped and like i think that netflix is kind of done but if they're going to start implementing new market techniques like this then maybe they're going to be able to climb their way back but they overstepped with their politics with a lot of people oh big time yeah and i but i think a lot of these streaming platforms now are doing that where they're trying to still follow the television model in a sense where they're dropping things on a weekly basis. I know Disney does that with, you know, all their star Wars shows and everything like that they come out on a, usually a Wednesday night. So they're clearly colluding shows. They do that with. Yep. So I, 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 in all honesty, it makes more sense why you're going to get people to keep coming back rather than sit there and three episodes, three, three sit downs and watch the whole thing. They do it because people steal their besties password, log in for a week, watch every episode, and then they don't have to get their own account. But if you make it to where you constantly have to be logged into the shit to get the new episode, either more people will just get their own account or they'll keep being relevant because you'll keep going back to them to get the new episode. Yeah. So 
I, I think it's smart what they're doing, but I do notice that for every one positive show that they put on Netflix, there's three demon shows and then like a possession movie. So <laughs> it's, it's definitely the darkest streaming platform, in my opinion, other than like Amazon, because The Boys is super duper creepy. There was a show, I forget what streaming platform it was on, maybe Amazon. It was called Evil. Have you guys seen this? Evil? Yeah. It's with a, a Catholic, uh, it's a black Catholic priest, and then like a white lady that's like all science-based, kind of like a, almost like an X-Files in a weird way. But it was just very like you could tell like they were really emphasizing the opposites of everything, right? Um, all, all kinds of really interesting shit in there. But there's one uh, side story of this. De- it's a demon that's taken the form of a psychologist, and the psychologist is helping kids in school, and he finds this one kid that's like kind of more susceptible to doing evil shit, and he teaches the kid how to go and like commit a mass shooting. The psychologist does. And it was wild because I saw it the same time that this Texas shooting shit went on. And um, when you look into like the artificial intelligence, like the shit that, you know, I used to make my episode covers like the the uh, deep dream technology from Google and stuff like that. Um, there was some allegations kind of in the conspiracy world that this uh, that that dude, I already forgot his name, the shooter of the school. Right. Um, in Texas, his psychologist was on the payroll of Google, allegedly. I'm not saying this. This is shit that's out there, and I'm just repeating it. Was on the payroll, and he was just, like, fucking, you know, uh, using this these images to brainwash this kid that was on ketamine. So, I don't know. It's an interesting idea. We lost your friend. Yeah, I think her phone cut out or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, no. Yeah, it was just a freaky thing to see, like, a psychologist, you know, like, that was a that was demon-possessed, and he was you know, tapping into kids to do his evil shit. But there's a lot of shows and movies and stuff like that. And then you go back and it's based on some kind of a true event that happened, like the exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh yeah. That was a good movie. It was done dark shit, you know, I mean, especially back in, I mean, again, and these are stories. So we know we weren't there to, to say whether this is real or again, whether this is a tale or fairy tale or, this is reality. These story there's there's some fucked up shit that went on supposedly in the you know before we became so civilized and before the world was Europeanized. You know it was in dark shit. You know you look at all the like we were talking about before wanting to go to Salem and all the Salem witch trials and all the things that they did to people that you know even even up in in the 1900s when you're looking at all the insane asylums. And the, yeah. the the things they were doing to these poor people, um, you know, the shock and the experiments they were doing on lobotomies. Them. Yeah. And it's like, no, this this shit's not right. And they knew it wasn't right, but that was all part of their game. And mm. it's some messed up stuff. But <clears throat> I mean, that's history, though. And that's another interesting thing. I, I was thinking about that. When you think about your history and, and what you were taught growing up, it just seems like it was war after war after war after war and, and, and learning different military generals and different presidents names. And, <laughs> you know, we never really learned the important people that did shit. It was all these puppets that they just 
brainwashed us with that in reality and and what's funny is i just got this book called uh past imperfect and it's about how all these writers in the late 1800s and early 1900s just totally made shit up mm-hmm. like to to make to fit this american story and these guys wrote like volumes of american history where they basically took certain people and propped them up in positions that they shouldn't have been in because they were scumbags and they they really should have been in jail but they were protected because they were in the circle and right. uh and it's really interesting that but that's the way a lot of history is, I think. I mean, uh, yeah, hell yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Mikey. No, that's all right. I mean, they just wanted to propagandize a certain narrative part of history. So they would just be able to program and get people to join the military and just be gung ho about protecting this country and not completely ignoring that we would colonize and, you know, just steal all the all other countries that could not protect themselves and just steal their resources, force them to trade against their will, basically, or otherwise we would start a war. I mean, it's just like when when we, you know, force Matthew Perry went to the uh, to Japan to force them to trade with us, and it was like they they wanted nothing to do with us, and they wanted to stick to their traditions, and they got their emperor to adopt their our style of clothing the, the the colonist white you know style of clothing and they got rid of all their like traditional japanese empire st- uh, style shogun you know and and forced us to to trade with them and then they end up you know and we ended up pissing them off and so it started this whole war and you know honestly i don't even believe the entire narrative of how the war started but you know, looking through the history of how everything started, you know, it just I, it just makes me want to question things and just go to the root of how things began and started. And, you know, just like going through all this mud flood research and discovering all these like world fairs and how they use those as as a way of uh, creating this like new institution, because they all the all the colleges and universities were all run by the church. And this was a way of being completely detached from conventional education and then just kind of like you know through the process of a hundred years they were able to infiltrate and completely change the education system from the from the inside so i mean so we really can't trust what we've been taught because it's been you know rewritten over and over translated and retranslated a thousand times but doesn't it suck that as human beings, we don't know where we came from and can't agree on it and don't know why the fuck we're here or what we're doing or what our history is? Like, that right. should be a fundamental thing that we know. But we don't. And we can't even agree on what shape the planet is. Obviously, Mikey and I are leaning towards flat Earth. Some people think, you know hollow earth some people think big bang some people think god and it's just like we're walking around with a massive case of amnesia because we don't even know who we are what we're doing here and that is the ultimate crime against humanity and i think that what mikey was saying about like everything's been translated and rewritten and whoever wins the battle gets to write the story we don't know anything 
we we can't even go back 50 years and say well this definitely happened because it could all have just have been a lie mm-hmm. yeah so look at jfk it... right <laughs> do you think it's good then to to try and find the answers or do you think since we're never going to know them do you think that it's a, a a maddening quest to try and go on to try and find the actual truth it's not for the feeble-hearted I think if you're satisfied with your life how it is and living in a state of ignorance is bliss, then I'm happy for you. That's a gift. I wish I could be satisfied with that, but I'm not. So there are certain individuals that go seeking for the truth and they listen to our shows because they are also confused about what the fuck's going on and they want to listen to different people's opinions and try to form some type of a consensus. But What I will say is, if you want just a basic answer from me, I think the one and only reason that we're here on this earth is to be of service to other people. So if you want just a generic answer, that is why I think we're put on this planet, is just to be of service to humanity in whatever capacity that is for you. Doctor, philosopher, artist, whatever that thing is that you do do it to the service of humanity yeah i was going to say along that line julia to find your truth yes that's the whole thing and 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 it's interesting because ryan when you say you know find the truth i i don't think that's there is the truth right because even every story has three sides and so it's all about perspective and i think what you know, what I love doing when I'm going back and looking at old history is not necessarily trying to find out what, you know, the specifics, but find out what is really happened and what is total BS. Mm. And then you can look somewhere in between. And that's probably where the truth lies. And yeah. and that's what's tough about history is we've been taught one version of it. Well, there's two other versions. There's the other side. And then there's the truth, which is probably somewhere a little bit in between, like, and that's what Bob always says. And it's the way I started looking at everything when I look at this, because I was driving myself nuts trying to find the truth. And then I finally realized, listen, I'm not going to find the truth, but what I can find is what I believe to be true. Right. And and that's my truth. And, and that's going to be different than Mikey's or yours or Julia's. But we, the more we, closer we get to our truth i think the better off we are in our experience here and that's part of you know like julie you were saying it's it's one bit of what this journey is about you know i think service is another big one service to yourself and others and and not necessarily your country i think that's a crack of shit but um (laughs) but i mean if you think about it like any of us right now would not have a show if there weren't a massive amount of people that have this desperation to know what truth is and seek for it in all alternative media (laughs) like we will until they know where they've been deceived too right not to tell them and that's one of my big things was trying to you know when you try and tell people what the truth is they get turned off by that but when you can show them where they've been lied to now you have their ear because now that you've given them something to think about and something that they can go look into 
versus just telling them, you know, this is a lie. This is how it happened. I know, but no, nobody wants to hear that. They want you, they want to be able to go out and think a little bit too. They don't want to be spoon fed everything. Now there are those out there that fuck, you can put it on a platter. You can put it in your hand and feed it in their mouth. And it's still not hand fed enough. Right. You you could lay it out buffet style and they still wouldn't get it. And my thing is, outside of people seeking me out to listen to the information that I put on my show is if you give someone 10% and they react really negatively towards that, I don't push it any further than that because I'm like, they're not ready and they don't understand about what I'm about to say. But if you give them that 10% and they act like they're interested in it, maybe they want to know a little bit more. Then you can give them another 10, another 10, Maybe let that set for a little while, come back, revisit, give them another 10 until you get them to the point where they're thinking for themselves based off of the information that you've provided. Like, you know, I got to thinking about what you said and I went and Googled it and you were right. Like that made me think about this and they do their own research. And if I can be that tiny beacon of hope in someone, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Or... You like, you know, I know I am to most people. I'm just the crazy person that spouts off, you know, that's what they, they, they want to say. But then, you know, when everybody else isn't listening or you're not on Facebook, they'll come behind and say, Hey, you know, I was looking at that a little bit and I kind of, kind of think that's interesting. You know, can you tell me a little bit more about it? I'm like, well, no, 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 no. Now you got to go do your research. Because it's Mm -hmm. one of those where they're they're embarrassed by it because they don't want to talk outside mainstream. You know, heaven forbid I ruffle anybody's feathers and or, you know, the big corporate boss finds out that I'm I might be looking into flat earth. You know, who cares? (laughs) Right. But I mean, I'm also not interested in only ever talking to people who agree with me and pat me on the back constantly, because I'll tell you, Ryan and I don't really agree on everything, but I love his show and have always loved his show. It's what got me wanting to start my own show. But at the same time, there's things that Ryan will be like, no, I just, I don't, I don't agree with you. And I'm like, that's good. Because if you did, there would be no point in us doing this because it's not like us patting each other on the back constantly. Like I agree with everything you're saying. Mm. That doesn't challenge thought whatsoever. Yeah. Thank you, Julia, by the way. It's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, to that point of, um, you know, you're trying to find your own truth. I agree with that. Right. I I used to think that was a goofy concept. Like there is only one truth out there. Right. I used to think that you can tell someone that 10 percent of something and then they'll go and they'll find what they're looking for. You can find anything on the Internet. You can be right and wrong about something at the same time because of the different sources, credible sources that are out there. And then some that the mainstream media says that are are not credible, but they're actually more credible than the credible sources. You know, my example that I use all the time is that I can sit here and say that there's 39 genders out there and Matt can say that there's two and we can both prove our point with serious sources like mine will probably be more government source because they believe in infinite amount of genders. And Matt's would be like some fucking right wing website that only believes that there's two genders out there, you know, I'm going but they're two and a half, Ryan. 2.5 okay just like the uh the the classic amount of kids you gotta, the you gotta include the hermaphrodites they're people sure. too 
<laughs> sure. But I mean, so you can you can find these these truths and everything. Um, but one thing I, it sounds like, you know, Mikey and, and Julie, you guys are, you know, pretty fairly passionate about Flat Earth. Right. I mean, I see the Flat Earth map behind you there. Um, yeah. What? What? And I'm not saying that the that they're that the flat earth is bullshit or that it's hollow or fucking cube or whatever. There's no proof at the end of the day for that. And if you're settling on any of these things, aren't you guys kind of also being willfully ignorant in a way because you found your facts, you like them, they resonate with you and and you're settling on this. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but I think that there's all these aspects. Maybe you did your research um, and I'm sure that you both have done heavily heavily researched this there's it's a it's a really serious topic to a lot of people i i don't i don't really care what we're on i i know that it's a fun thing it's a fun conversation but i think that anyone that that feels like they know or is confident in something i feel like at the end of the day the less they know about anything i mean the more that's what i've gone i've I've found for myself when i thought that i know exactly what's going on here then i'll find something that just completely blows that theory out of the water Right. And you're never really I've become really cynical with this conspiracy stuff. I still love it. I like talking about it with everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly I believe that there's no fucking truth anymore. It just seems that way when you go outside. Uh, it seems that there is no real solid truth about anything anymore. Yeah, but we're in the post truth era. That's why, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of what the, the that's the gift and the curse of the Internet. It sure. has it has muddied reality it is muddied truth it is muddied fiction it it's it's that blur between and that's what they want us they want us to to dabble right to because what's the next step you just get that chip you know that's it yeah Trans- well don't you transhumanism won't hurt yeah that's the next thing right don't you find it kind of interesting too that there are so many tiktok channels and instagrammers that are conspiracy theorists now I mean, like every time I'm swiping through, it's just the most average person that doesn't know shit about MK Ultra talking about it like they're an expert with nonstop content. Yeah, yeah. Say, they're Ryan, all yeah. It's all. Have you fed. talked to one of these? I have. They don't no. know shit. They don't about know it. Shit. They just read from a script. But what's crazy, dude, is that they'll sit there and they'll be like, "The CIA created MK Ultra," and like they're going into it, and they're like, at the end of it, they're like do your research. Everything's not as it seems like, bitch, you fucking like you can go on Wikipedia and read what you just fucking said right there, you know? So no. Yeah. It's wild. And I I find it very suspicious for myself personally, that there are so many damn conspiracy theorists that know everything, you know, it's just, it's like, Oh boy. Like, what are we? Oh, I, I love going to TikTok because you'll find some out there shit out there you know like i love some of the conspiracy theories that are facts on tiktok <laughs> and you're like dude come on and then you i love bringing them over to instagram and just playing them for people and being like hey look at this shit because i mean there's just wild stuff over there it's the wild west i you know and it's intentional right i mean yeah. china has said that the purpose of tiktok is just straight chaos yeah yeah Confusion. well you see it I feel like it is very chaotic, but what the saving grace is (laughs) when they get done watching these videos and they get tired of this person who reads a script, they'll come and tune in to Matt's show or to KGUP presents or Cosmic Peach or Dangerous World because we are consistent 
And we consistently say, we don't know everything, but check this out. And we've done some research and actually looked. I mean, it's a gimmick in a way to me. And it's not something that really has bones of like, oh, well, I've started this TikTok channel where I read scripts about MK Ultra. It's like, buddy, you might have gotten like a thousand views on that video, but you looked like a wax dummy the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like you, it's just, it's not <laughs> sustainable. This. Well, and it's that it's 60 like 20. seconds of fame, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's short lived and there's no substance to it. Right. All it is. And whoever's feeding them only feeds them for a certain amount of time. Cause these TikTokers seem to get erased or uh, disappear often. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many millions of viewers or followers they have that they just get taken off yep one that i hate i hate the the i don't have a tiktok i've never gone on there or done anything like ghosts will send me you know (laughs) there you go dude we got a lot more in common other than bananas um (laughs) but yeah dude like uh you know ghosts will send me some tiktoks about like food and stuff You, you know i like looking at weird food shit and um it's never appealed anything like it's never been appealing to me and it's very interesting that you'll see someone with like 2000 Instagram followers go and have like 100,000 fucking TikTok followers. It's like, dude, you're, you're getting nothing but bots over there and you may have some engagement, but you don't think that China has mastered these bot farms. I mean, they have they're they're. It seems like their sole purpose right now is to steal intellectual property from the United States and also waste the citizens time. Dude, right? I've gotten about three dozen marriage proposals on Instagram in the last like two weeks from I can't I don't even know what the letters mean in their name. And it's Chinese like these people either Chinese, Russian. It's it's all like character based letters. And yeah, it's it's just been the bots are out of control lately. That's yeah. why I don't. Yeah, I, I got a text the other day offering a blowjob. It was like some uh, it was some random like not even numbers. It was like letters and numbers. And I was like, okay, let's block this. Oh shit. I sent that to you. Sorry, dude. Fuck. Was that you? <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I should have, I should have taken you up on it. No. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's interesting, man. The, the fucking uh, amount of, of just fake shit out there is wild. And when I use the flat earth example, I'm not saying that flat earth is fake. I'm right. I'm I, I it's so tough to know. And, and like I said, I'm agnostic on so many things and um, I respect the idea and the community behind the flat earth, because it it's something that they're passionate about. And I feel like that is an important idea. Um, even though I don't care about it, I think it is important, especially if it's important to some people to know what we're on. Are we on a disc? Are we on a fucking, you know, some people I've, I've heard the idea of like a CD, right. With the black sun in the center there. Um, all kinds of weird shit. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I could see how that could be important, but. And going I, back to Julia's point, Ryan, think about all the different ways it's been portrayed in movies, right? And well, that Hollow just, Earth too. Well, yeah, that well, I mean, in in Kong versus Godzilla alone, they proposed the firmament and Hollow Earth all in one. So, yeah, I mean, all these different movies though, they have all of these different scenarios out there. So it's like, I mean, and and who's to say one of them? is possible what you know know which one is probably accurate matt we're living in someone's footlocker like men in black it's Uh at a fucking train station and we're just the necklace of the cat or no no that's that's, necklace (laughs) 
Yeah, the bell. Not in Men in Black 2, they go to like a train station and they open oh, okay. up like a locker and there's just like this whole world inside this locker. And all the people are like, oh, my God, it's our God. And it's like Will Smith just standing there like, what the fuck? Like, oh, what's going on? And so that's probably where we are. <laughs> have, you, my... have you seen that weird episode of Rick and Morty where uh, Rick had to go inside of a battery to repair, like, get the world inside the battery to fix the battery? And then they realized that they were, like, in a, in a completely different world and their no. world is being powered by another battery which has yep. another world so there are all these micro cool. worlds within a world it's like the oh. russian doll thing right mikey I, I that's a great show oh you know, yeah, where there's yeah, a yeah. doll within the doll within the right. doll and you just keep pulling it up and they just keep getting smaller as you're going down and they just keep bigger as you're going out exactly mm-hmm. yeah, i was thinking of a, uh, that's a great show too i love that show and rick i, and I haven't watched it in a while but it's yeah, yeah it's rick and some, morty's phenomenal heavy pedo feels to it and the guy oh the, the director is a pedophile but the, yeah the show like and that's the thing like i have a tough time with that too because in, in all honesty there's a couple episodes of rick and morty that my sons watch with me and we've been dying laughing together you know yeah. and there's other ones obviously i would never let him even touch but it, i mean it's a cartoon right it's entertainment if, yeah. if we can't relax and not be so tight assed about every single thing that's out there i don't know dude you know the with the director being or the writer whatever being a pedophile there's a while like his first ever movie was him uh and it was like a five minute short of a of him basically having a lucid dream of of going into his neighbor's house raping the baby that was there and killing the baby like this is the director starring in his own short movie of Rick and Morty, you know, portraying that. And he's like having this weird dream. It's super sexual. Uh, I, I haven't watched it. I just like saw a clip of it because it was disgusting. And um, yeah, dude, it's very, very strange, but still a good show. I mean, you, you got to separate the art from the artist at a certain point. I mean, otherwise, like Matt said, you're going to go crazy. My favorite real quick, my favorite uh, portrayal of hollow earth. And I was thinking about this the other day is in a bug's life, dude. I yeah. think that's kind of a hollow earth reference. Because they all have their little civilization underground. They go above, but then they have like a full city underground, right? When this is where they go when like the bad demons from the sky, the grasshoppers come and shit. It's well, and they cool. talked about that too when the, you know, when the floods came, that's where a lot of people went was underground. And uh they well, just and they also said that the praying mantis people helped them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, another nice. insect thing, just like Bugs Life. Wow. <laughs> Well, and they found, I, I think it was last year uh, in Turkey, they found a underground facility that like tunnels and caves and stuff that ha- uh, would house 60,000 people at one time. So they had Jeez. this huge, intricate system set up underground. And, you know, the, the more you get into the old world and you start looking at the architecture and stuff, there is so much beneath our feet that we have no idea i mean in in certain areas it's up to you know 10 meters of 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 rubble that's between us and who knows how many civilizations ago well and i don't want to scare anyone but i was listening to someone who proposed that we're due for the next one 
in that yeah. this is just a natural recycling of the planet. 2046. And we will all be buried. Yeah. Is that Archaeus that says that? Yeah, 2046. Uh, no, it was another guy, but uh, yeah, basically we will become the rubble and then the more advanced civilization will take over after we're dust. So maybe I should just drink up instead of trying to get in better shape. But well, 2046, this is what, 20... Dude, you got 25 years. You want to get in shape. You want to you want to make it there in decent shape. And then you can battle a little bit. And then when the end is near, that's when you just let loose and party like a rock star. Okay. <laughs> you know, because you got to hold it down. Otherwise, you might as well just let it go now and not even see 2046. That's true. My parents will probably still be alive, too. They're the only and my sister. So, yeah, I guess. I don't have any kids, so I don't got to protect them. None of that dead weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, then you, you do have three dogs. Yeah, they're probably unfortunately not going to be around then, though. You know. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, the good point. <laughs> but I'll have some other dogs by then. But no, dude, no, honestly, in 26, 20, what is it, 25 years, you'll have uh, your kid will be fucking probably protecting you at that point. He'll be point. taking care of me, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not you necessarily, but a, a child that's eight years old is going to be in prime fighting shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to have my back at that point. Yeah. I hope what happens is basically like the movie 2012 when they were predicting like the world's going to end and they all have to get on the big boats and they sail off to Africa. I hope what happens is they're wrong about all of this, just like they were in 2012. The world doesn't end. But my one. If I could ask for anything, I just want to be dead. But when this all breaks out, I just want to be like gone. You don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Oh, you'll be well gone. Don't worry. Don't worry. There (laughs) there are people there. No, listen, because it's going to be the people that want out. You're going to get out easily. You're going to have the out right away. It's gone. You're gone. It's the people that want to hang on. That's going to be the battle of who really wants to stay. I would and love to see or, some crazy shit go down. Honestly, well, I was I gonna die. say, or maybe if I was just like senile in a nursing go down, home, guns blazing. Fuck it, dude, yeah. Yeah, imagine like seeing the sky open up and shit like starts flying in from there. Like that would just be wild to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and then you just think. Of, I mean, you got to go like ultimate caveman style where all electronics are fried. Yeah. You know, you're just seeing the craziest of shit. That's not blue beam up in the sky and yeah. uh, like a natural then all of a sudden the ground starts moving and you know oof. yeah it'd be a trip yeah. sorry go ahead ryan no that was it i was just saying it'd be a trip I, I mean like i've always wanted to see some crazy shit like that even as a kid i've thought of like weird like you know you have crazy dreams when you're a kid from like weird movies and stuff that you see and it's just like yeah i mean i don't, I don't even know if it's from the movies ryan because that's exactly what I was going to say is I dreamed of this as a child. Like I, I yeah, yeah. have dreams all the time of like the world coming to an end. And um, I also was raised super religious. So my mom would say yeah. like, you never know you'll wake up tomorrow <laughs> and Jesus will come back and we'll all be raptured. And you better make sure you're not doing anything to make it to where you're left behind. And it's a that comforting was, thought as a kid. Well, <laughs> I used to be like, oh, my God, you know, let me not do this because I want to be raptured. You know, Jesus could come back tomorrow. 
and I'm not on your toes. Asshole, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he didn't come back. Keep those uh, I got away with some clean. shit. So <laughs> yeah, man, it's a trip. It's it's interesting, but yeah, we're I think we're in for some crazy times here in the next few years. I've been saying that, but I've I've started caring a lot less about it. So it's not worth it. Enjoy, I enjoy life. Like if it happens, it happens. If you live, you live. If you die, you die. It is what it is. You know, yeah. take it at what it's worth. It's not worth the panic and the paranoia anymore. Like the fear porn, it, those days are over. You can't. You can't buy the shortages. Okay, if there's shortages, we'll adapt. We're humans. You know. I mean it is freaky that the water's starting to go away and like the euphrates and like these other old old rivers and lakes that's drying up that's a little sketchy because it would suck to dehydrate to death Yeah, but you know what it's gonna come back that's the thing like this well, is... did you see there's like an old tomb that that is ex- being exposed now did you oh, see that you're gonna, you're gonna see all sorts of shit supposedly now you know as yeah. things dry out but that's the cycle of the earth like it's funny because i use this little example in my my old town that we had this pond right and the pond had been the town's pond for hundreds of years i mean the town's been incorporated since the early 1700s if not earlier and this has been the town's pond well we hadn't gotten rain a couple you know probably about a decade ago for months and then it happened. We didn't we didn't get much in the winter and then we didn't get much the next year and the pond dried out and the people freaked out because they're like, well, what are the turtles going to do? What about all the fish? And like, well, the fish die. The turtles will have to go somewhere else. And they're like, well, what about the pond? And like, well, you can try and fill it by hand or manually, but it's not going to work. You have to just wait for the cycle and eventually we'll get enough rain and that thing will fill back up and sure enough not that summer it was still bare but come winter we got a good snow spring was a little moist then summer was wet and next thing you know the pond is full and i think that's (laughs) the way all this stuff is you know it's like we we are so focused on this second and 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 that there has to be something to battle in right now when in reality we're riding a wave that we don't understand, but it's a, the natural way this earth works. And and people want to tell you that it's going to end up the worst. And it's always going to be doom and gloom because that's how they keep you dependent. And that's how they make money off you. If you're scared and you need them, you are going to do what they tell you or more inclined to. Mm-hmm. If you don't give a shit and you just ride the wave and enjoy life and aren't worried about the end of the world, it's whole different way of looking at things so i don't know yeah. that's just I'm, I'm just done with the fear porn i'm done with the shortages and all that i mean there's people just that are scamming you literally out there scamming you over this yeah. stuff and i just think it's wrong and I don't, I don't think anybody should be out there telling people you know markets are going to crash and you're not going to be able <laughs> to get this and that and go fuck yourself <laughs> they got me i mean i didn't support my patriot supply they're the worst ones i feel like when it comes to that uh you know fear porn stuff and then there's a new one called heaven's harvest this is catering to the christians okay. that uh that they want to scare so they're they're scaring all the people and i've i've kind of like more recently realized that it's probably if there is a god which i lean towards there is um you know and i i kind of think you know there's something to the idea of jesus i, I i'm a fan right I think that he or it or whatever 
doesn't want us to be afraid. I think that's probably one of the biggest sins out there is being afraid. And that's why these entities that run the world want us to be afraid constantly. And not so having just faith, not afraid, you know, you're, yeah, you're already I, winning. Think, I think that's huge, man. I, I honestly do. And especially I've been through a lot of shit the last few years. And that's one of the things that like it, it seriously makes a difference when you you believe, you know, you believe yeah. in something, you 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 have faith in something, you know, there's if you don't believe and you just think everything's going to go to shit, then why not just let it right now? Why would yeah, you just, you just kill yourself? If, yeah. You know, like, that's mm. the thing. Not saying that anyone should do that. No, but I would say that it's better to not be afraid. And it's, yeah. it's empowering, like, you know, for the spiritual people out there, which I don't agree with that whole mindset, but you know, you can empower yourself by just not being afraid. I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. So hey, I don't know, man. shout out to Nico. Cause he's off the spiritual kick now too another is one. he really no off the whole like listening to everybody else's experiences because he's much like you realizing you know it's just their experience who gives a shit oh yeah so i'm yeah. pumped about that i'm just sick of hearing everybody go around and talk about their spiritual experience because honestly i it doesn't make a shit of a difference to my life so why do i care <laughs> about your spirituality you know yeah, like, everybody's <laughs> experience is going to be different and you yeah yeah and no, then began, he, he was saying, it you real can though, have, he's like, you can have an experience walking to your car. Like, okay, great. <laughs> but why, why do I, why do I care? And that's where I am. Like so many people say like these little synchronicities and things are spirit, you know, these sp- great spiritual experiences it's and great profound. signs. Yeah. yeah. Or the numbers, you know, okay. Well, the clock says a certain number a couple times a day. So I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm so I'm with you, Ryan. I'm so soured by it that I because oh, I've yeah. just seen so many scumbags just make money off it and just con people out of like rational thinking, and they just follow. Well, the thing with spirituality too, it's about yourself, and when people are sharing their experiences, I mean, what's more vain than that? They're saying mm-hmm. like some mundane thing that happened throughout the day was profound because it happened to them the fuck yeah. i mean no that that doesn't matter it really doesn't matter that same thing like dude there was one lady and i know you're probably trying to wrap up here matt but there was one lady um on grimerica's show right before i went on there and and uh, for the record julia uh graham mentioned you a couple times on there because we I had all just reach out to him actually <laughs> yeah yeah we, he had yeah he mentioned you a couple times because we all talked i think on here or maybe it was that talk at the tavern or something but um they had someone on there that had the nerve to say that she's like a spiritual guide and she had the nerve to say that uh she wishes that she could have been there for the holocaust because if she feels like she could have given someone the positive idea of manifesting the end of the holocaust she could have potentially changed the changed history the fuck was she during covid dude that's what i'm saying all these people that do this it's like how don't you have a million dollars how don't you have a billion dollars how is their world hunger how is there any of this shit if if you think that you actually can go back in time or you if you could have been there during the Holocaust and planted the idea in one of these poor people's fucking minds, whether it was real or not, let's not go down that rabbit hole because I, I do believe that it was real. OK, some people out there don't. Matt, you did a good piece on that, too, about the numbers specifically. Um, Dude, who says that shit? Who says that? He's I, publishing this. Huh? He's going to publish this episode? No, it's already out. Her name is, uh, and, and it, it blew me away too, because she she says she's a Christian. It's on Grimerica Outlawed. And I think it's the one right after the Mother Earth episode. 
And I listened okay. to both of those just kind of to prep to see what to expect, um, like what they were talking to, what we were going to get into. And uh, they had a lot of spiritual people on there before that. And they say the wildest shit. And they've seemed like they believe it. And, you know, Graham and Darren are great dudes, you know, open to any any kind of uh, conversation. And, and uh, you know, they were really open to me, like just completely kind of dismissing all this this stuff. And we kind of went back and forth and it was a nice conversation. But yeah, just, I mean, the Mother Earth lady said that she represented the consciousness of Mother Earth. That's why she calls herself Mother Earth. So she wasn't figuratively Mother Earth. She was literally Mother Earth that they were talking to during this conversation. Well, and that's what you get with all those Gaia people too, you know, yeah. like, I, I don't know. That whole yeah. Gaia.com and shit, that's a scam and it's these all these i just mother- love you guys <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean you gotta it's not real anymore we gotta kind of well you gotta hold people accountable because like the like there's a lot of work that goes into all your guys' shows and if someone goes out there and just said like you know takes some fucking dmt and then starts thinking that they're the fucking earth's consciousness that's <laughs> diminishing all of your guys's work mine yeah. too you know yep. like so fuck those people dude i'm not saying like i want anything to happen to these people but like that's what is cool about a show like Grimerica. Well, they will talk to these people and a logical person will hear that and be like, this person's full of shit. Yeah. So, you know, it, I'm not saying to censor these people or anything, but man, we got to just hold people accountable and call them fucking crazy when they start talking about crazy shit. I think it's important, but it's accountability is huge. Yeah. Accountability is huge and no one's accountable anymore. Nope. That's why we are where we are, man. That's And that's what I'd say. I, I tell my son, I'm like, listen, <laughs> and, and uh, not in these words but it's it gets back to the fuck around find out listen you want to push the limits you're going to pay the consequences and the more extreme the limits you want to push the more extreme the consequences can be and you are making the choices so it's not on anyone else it, and, and, th- and that whole concept of accountability is because it's not pushed in the school system anymore it's everyone else's fault and you know, so yeah. you, you got to, we got to instill it in the kids that listen, man, we have to keep your own house in order, be accountable for you and be accountable for your actions and what you do, what you put out there. And, and that's all you can do, you know? And, and I think also Matt taking, you know, making other people accountable if they, you know, commit some kind of like foul play against you personally, and you're there and you can do something about it not saying go straight to violence or anything, but sometimes violence is the answer to this shit. Right. Or if someone's just like fucking with you, like, you know, make sure that they know that, that you're not the person to fuck with, like in any situation, whether it's digital, you know, you go to prison, you find the biggest guy and just start a fight with him first day. You know, that's what I did. Fuck somebody up. I'm just kidding. I never went to prison. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I saw, I saw it in Shawshank. (laughs) No, yeah, man, it's crazy. But yeah, man, fucking holding people accountable and holding yourself accountable, I think is important. So yes, sir. I think I that's a great... Go ahead, Mikey. No, I was going to say, there, I, I don't... I work in the school system and I don't see any accountability. There's no accountability teaching. It's all about groupthink and diversity, having, you know, everyone who is different skin color except white are more important <laughs> and everybody thinking the exact same way. And... There is more pressure on being good writers, but there is no like emphasis on like, you know, getting kids to like read. Like I I tell kids to read. I mean, if you want to be a good writer, you need to read and read and read lots of books. And then one of these like ATC ATC, uh, teachers, she came to our school to give a lesson and she's like, 
you guys need to read and you need to read books that have been banned. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, back. I was like, oh, wow. And we started talking about manipulation of like our history and everything. And, and she, she was just like, you know, red pilled. And I was very surprised. And I'm like, we need more people like you, you know, because I'm surrounded by people who are asleep and they, they come straight out of school and college and then they become teachers and say they don't know any more than, than the students. So, you know, I'm working in an industry where nobody knows anything. They're just regurgitating what they learned in, in, in universities. You're training and, for the tests, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's less about tests now. I mean, it's all about writing. But these kids don't, ha don't have any original thought. They don't know. They're not allowed to explore outside of the, the Google Scholar or the, the search engines that are, that are programmed to manipulate the minds of today. So you you're not allowed to to count uh, you know go outside of these like websites to find real information and real stories or, or like real uh, publications by doctors and stuff that are counter like COVID research like these doctors are just being their licenses are being taken away or, or they're just buried. So it's it's crazy to see, mm. you know, you, you can't write anything. Otherwise, it just gets rejected. It's, oh, the IB platform is not going to accept this, you know, because it's not mainstream thought. So. Wow. That's crazy. That's really interesting to me. Like, because I haven't been in school in 10 years, right? Or, yeah, more than that now. So it's that's very wild. Controlled. And then uh, during our training, I, I was reading our handbook, and I discovered that most of our funding comes from the, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation <laughs> and oh, the Waltons Foundation. So I was like, holy shit, this is yep. crazy. The Waltons, the Walmart Foundation, basically? Yeah, yeah it's, and that's where it comes from. It either comes from Gates, Walton, or Rockefeller. Those yeah. are the three main donors to education nowadays. What can go wrong, huh? So they're, they're just constantly causing confusion. And where teachers have worked so long, they don't have they don't have time to to research and find out the truth about anything. It's just like doctors. I mean, they're they're so overworked because they have to make their their nut to to pay their people and and pay their bills or whatever their student loans. I mean, they're in debt five hundred thousand dollars when they come out of college now to become a doctor. So they don't have time to do any. They they can't question anything. And if they're mm. risks their their licenses on on the line because they're they don't believe the the current narrative i mean they're they're fucked yeah and you can't <laughs> get that scarlet letter right you get that any sort of ripples about any questions yep. about you and now yeah good luck getting any sort of promotion going forward right yep mm. guys this has been outstanding why don't uh let's go around the horn tell everybody where we can find you what you're up to and uh let's get out of here uh, Mikey, let's go with you first. Sure. Um, you know, recently I've been haven't been doing that many shows. I mean, I did a show with with Julia not too long ago, but I'm working on a a, a, a kind of like a mini documentary on chemtrails. I want to work on other kind of like mini documentaries about stuff that I'm like really passionate about, and then follow it up with an interview. Um, actually, still looking for someone to do an interview about chemtrails that have a little more knowledge than I do. And that's what I'm going to be doing for the next, you know, probably six months or so, just to kind of scale back the interviews, just because it's so time consuming and it's exhausting. <laughs> like, I, you know, work just 
takes up a lot of my time. But you can find my, my show at um, KGUP1065.com. You can find me on Instagram at uh, KGUPFM and uh, Twitter, KGUPFM. So. So, Mikey, thank you. Pleasure as always. Thanks. Same. Julia, what's going on on the Cosmic Peach these days? Um, so I have the whole month of October mapped out. You'd be hard pressed to find a better Halloween special than the Cosmic Peach podcast. So look forward to that next month. But speaking about like what you guys were talking about with doctors, I have the mayor of a city and a surgeon who are both conspiracy theories on the show this month. So there's super great interviews. You don't want to miss it. It's Cosmic Peach Podcast, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then Instagram, cosmic.peach.podcast. And thank you, Matt, for having me on. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Julia. Right, what do we got? Same stuff for me, man. Uh, same stuff as every week. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's always fun. Mondays are great. Mikey, that last bit that you that you talked about with the school is really interesting to me, man. Maybe if you want, we could do like a episode on like the education system, how it's changed, because I know nothing about that. And I could look into it a little bit, see what I can find. That's fascinating. Yeah. I know that you and I kind of half ass planned an episode um i'd love to to follow through with that though man and uh very interesting though but yeah dude um i mean my i got really set back with all of my goals and my plans because my computer just took a complete shit on me but uh it's it's up and running now it's got a little external wi-fi connector uh so you know we're good to go but um yeah just gonna get back to uh you know pumping out the regular content you know i got to about four episodes a week and then shit got upside down so we'll get back there and uh hopefully this week and um yeah just the same old shit man but uh thanks again for another fun monday to all you guys and uh matt what's new with you dude we got ufc this weekend right oh we do we got 279 oh that's right okay good 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 yes all right yeah nate diaz versus uh the upcoming kamzat shimaev who's a freak of nature um kind of seems like they're sending nate diaz out on his shield because this is his last fight of his ufc career and uh yeah i don't know i don't understand why but nate diaz always has a chance man i love the ufc and one thing that i was going to mention that i don't want to get into it but maybe for next week that tapology website i don't know if you're familiar with that um basically everyone goes in and votes on who they think is going to win in these fights and I kind of felt like if this consciousness thing, if there's something to it, which I, I don't disagree necessarily, is that influencing the actual outcome of a fight when you have thousands and thousands of people out there saying who they think is going to win, right? And they're actually marking it down in this digital realm known as the internet. Is that actually kind of like manifesting itself in a weird way? Is that kind of pulling the outcome of the fight one way or the other? I don't know. No, because if that was true, Donald Trump would be president right now. Well, that's true, right? I mean, uh, there's so there's definitely some weird thing, but that I mean that goes into like fraud and all this stuff. I tend to think that these fights are real. I I mean, I I think they are. It wouldn't surprise me if they were all paid actors at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I just wonder how much. Excuse me. I wonder how much something like that, where people go in and vote on the idea of something happening 
uh, how much that actually influences it. But yeah, no, thanks for bringing up UFC, dude. I fucking love that shit lately, man. That's I'm pretty obsessed. interesting, man. Yeah, we'll 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 talk more about this one because I'm interested in this card too, and 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 I'm in, I'm interested with that too because along that lines that gets into gambling and fantasy sports as well, and does that also kind of sway the ether or or you know the uh the thought process out there as to what the intentions are into the game so yeah that could be a whole different animal man yeah dude i'm thinking about starting a ufc mma podcast with an australian buddy so if you want to jump in fuck around on that a little bit too yeah i'd love to talk about that shit for days so yeah anything new with you though man before we i know that you're no not really no, nothing much just getting settled in my new place and uh, i was i was down in connecticut with my sister this weekend took the son, my boy down there so uh it's been nice man starting to get back in the groove of podcasting gonna look at some old world stuff next week we have an old world monday night master debaters so uh nice. rye you can come with questions you can sit back and twiddle your thumbs you can rip it apart do what you want i'll see but, what i can uh, do send me some uh I'll listen to your old episodes, obviously, and then maybe send me anything that you think I could look into that you think uh, might have something to do with it or point me in the direction where I can find shit. Yeah, because I'm I'm excited to hear the three. How many two other people other than you? There's hopefully going to be three other guests, three old world specialists, I call them. Uh, They got great Instagram pages and YouTube and stuff like that. So uh, it should be fun. Sounds like I'll probably be the comedy relief for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I won't have much I'm to just add. MC. I'm just here to pass the mic around. That's all I'm doing. I'm Rogan holding on to that thing for dear life. I can't let go of it. <laughs> cool, man. I'm excited. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, everyone, go check out the Great Deception podcast. You know where to find it. Check out the links all down below for everybody here. Guys, thank you so much. Everyone, stay strong and question everything. A vital element in keeping the peace is our military establishment. Our arms must be mighty, ready for instant action, so that no potential aggressor may be tempted to risk his own destruction. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime, or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We annually spend on military security alone more than the net income of all United States corporations. Now, this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, 
resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together.